she's five foot three, lean and mean with a tattoo sleeve. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to now be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest performed there last week at CMA Fest. He has opened for George Jones, Blake Shelton, Craig Morgan, Montgomery Gentry, Trace Atkins, and many more. He also played on the main Broadway stage for the 2013 Tootsie's annual birthday bash. You've been hearing Crank It, which is a song he co-wrote and whose video appeared for eight weeks in the Rising Star on the Heartland Network's top ten music videos, Heartland Network, uh, formerly TNN. It is my pleasure to welcome today Ryan Weaver. Hey, how's it going? Outstanding. Ryan, thank you for doing this today. Appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on board. Yes, sir. Uh, You've truly got... An amazing story. I know the Ryan Weaver fans will enjoy our conversation today, but I also think you're an inspiration for the up-and-coming singers, songwriters, the artists who are struggling and feeling challenged and thinking their break just isn't going to come because you've overcome a lot. And even though this is an entertainment podcast, we've first got to tell people about your family life when you were young. Yeah, we had a... um, uh, I I wouldn't... It's it's tough to be able to look back at my family life and say that we had a tough upbringing because it made me who I am and and I'm grateful for having that upbringing. But when you know, it was I come from a small town and we had a very large family, eleven people living in the house at one time in Florida, and you know there were um, it, it was a uh, sole income family, so you know we were struggling to make ends meet at times. But the one thing that we never uh, were short on was love from our fa- you know our, our father our dad that raised us and um and you know our siblings together we were all uh, a great team together so and you said our dad that raised us so for the listeners that don't know just just talk about um you were actually adopted i believe at uh the age of 10 months yes uh, when i was 10 months old my brother aaron and i were adopted and he's a year and nine months older than me and um, we were adopted by our stepfather at the time and it was kind of crazy because we didn't find out until we're in our 20s that we're actually adopted and i would have never known the difference had anybody not told me i would have never known because he uh he didn't treat us any differently than anybody uh, else in the family whether they were his children or our step siblings or or whatever we we felt like he was our dad and i still feel like he's my dad that's awesome okay and next uh, and, and hang in there, listeners. We're, we're going to get to the music stuff. Uh, but next, Ryan, talk about your military career. Well, I went into the Army straight out of high school and was a military intelligence analyst. And uh, my both my brothers were also uh, in the military as well, and I followed in their footsteps in a lot of ways, but I also you know, made my own path. And I went military intelligence. They were both Rangers, and they both were uh, aviators. And I decided that I was going to continue to follow in their footsteps and went to flight school for the Army and became a Black Hawk helicopter pilot to finish out my career. Uh, like most other military, um, current or, or former, uh, you're very humble. Um, please tell the listeners, uh, to the extent that you're comfortable, um, the extent to which you were active, because I know you went to some uh, pretty... Uh, forgive me if this is the wrong word, but some pretty unfriendly territories. Yes, I did uh, spend a little time in Iraq, flew, uh, flew in Iraq for a few months over there, and of course came back to uh, you know a different situation than most people would want to come back to, but got to experience combat life and, and 
I, I can say that when you live that kind of a life uh, for any period of time, you, know, you don't take a whole lot for granted when you come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and and was there also uh, were you also in Afghanistan or, or or am I confusing what I read? No, I actually spent just some time in Iraq, and then after that short time in Iraq, and I say it's short because there were a lot of folks that spent a lot more time over there than I did. Um, uh, and uh, my brother and I were both deployed there at the same time. Aaron and I were deployed to Iraq together at the same time. That was back in 2003, 2004 time frame. And so your total time in the service was how long? This is going to date me, but 20 <laughs> years, 8 months, and 7 days, and I'd give you the hours if uh, if I could tell you when I raised my hand to say I sign on the dotted line. Wow, wow. Uh, and then last but definitely not least, um, if you don't mind, just in uh, listeners, I, I'm going to ask Ryan a rather sensitive question here, but um, I want you as the listeners to uh, hear, you know, why I, I said uh, just a few minutes ago that I, I really feel that he's quite an inspiration uh, for those of you that are listening that are up and comers. So, Ryan, um, if you would just uh, talk about your brother Aaron and then your brother-in-law Randy. Well, I think if it's it's kind of important um, when I when I do tell their stories that I, I talk a little bit about how I got started in country music because it was surrounding uh, my military career. I did most or a lot of the foundation of getting started in country music while I was on active duty, uh, touring on the weekends and those kind of things. But um, I was actually in flight school doing karaoke and singing competitions uh, to help pay the bills, and I was winning <laughs> in southern Alabama. I was pretty happy about that because there are some phenomenal, phenomenal singers down in Alabama that I was up against, but I was more the performance side was what was winning for me. And then once I was restationed after flight school to Germany, of course, uh, we ended up going over to Iraq, uh, and I was there in 2003, and shortly after I got there, a few months after I got there, I found out that my brother Aaron was deployed over there by him surprising me. I didn't know he was there, but he showed up at Baghdad International <laughs> wow. and surprised me when I got done with a flight. Wow. Uh, it was kind of crazy because he opened up the door and he was standing there. He opened up my door and he was standing there and took a picture of me. And I was, I was shaking because I, I didn't, I had no idea that he was there. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we were deployed there and we got to see each other a few times uh, while I was deployed there. Um, I went over the last time that I actually saw him was on January 4th in 2004. I flew over for a female cavalry captain, Kimberly Hampton, that was uh, shot down just a few days before that and killed in action. I went to her funeral and flew a couple of her friends over um, uh, for the fun or the memorial service, excuse me, and uh, Aaron was there. And I remember it just like it was yesterday, uh, mm -hmm. watching him walk off um, when I was about to fly out. And four days after that, I was flew my last flight ever. Uh, I flew a, uh, a mission and then got back and saw on Fox News that there was a Blackhawk shot down. And I remember some of the choice words from my crew chief because they had no information on the television about where they, what unit it was or what kind of helicopter it was. And um, the next morning after I had got on Yahoo Instant Messenger and let everybody know that I was okay and, and that kind of stuff, uh, I was woken up in the morning to find out that Aaron was on the back of that medevac helicopter and uh, killed in action that day. Um, you know, it's like I said, you know, when you're deployed over in a situation like that, it doesn't matter how short or how long it is. You really don't, uh, you stop taking the small things in life for granted. Well, that uh, completely changed my life 180 degrees at that, at that moment. And I uh, came back to Aaron's funeral and, Went back to Germany, was rear detachment for a couple months, and then came to Fort Rucker, was restationed at Fort Rucker as an, an attack officer like the Lewis Gossip Jr., an officer and a gentleman, but I was much meaner. <laughs> a lot of passion to make sure that my candidates were filling some pretty big shoes, um, and every day that I went to work, I that's what I thought about. And then uh, I just started singing. I mean, I started doing some more singing competitions and met up with an army band, and it was history after that. And, and oh, no. I've been using, had been using Aaron to push me and fuel me uh, to be successful. And I made a promise to myself that every time I stepped on stage, I would never let them forget uh, the sacrifice that he made so that I could mm. chase my dreams and we could all chase our dreams. And then 
last year, um, in December, uh, on December 17th, it was actually December 18th. I got a phone call from my sister and one of my previous students, she ended up marrying him. His name was Randy Billings and, um, he became my brother-in-law and, uh, he and I and, and Ashley are very, very close. We're very, very close. And, uh, got a phone call from her and, uh, she said that he had been killed in action with that last Blackhawk that everyone may remember being shot down in Afghanistan. And, um, it, 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 it still hurts to talk about it right now. It's still difficult, um, to talk about it because it's still fresh. Um, but the, the way that I look at it is this music business and, and my dreams and, and, and everything that I'm doing is so minuscule in, in comparison to, um, what they did for us and what all the military service members that have sacrificed have done for us. And, and if I'm going to take a single day off and chasing the dream that they've given me the opportunity to chase, then I'm wasting time and I'm doing them a disservice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, having two angels, uh, looking over my shoulder and pushing me, I think gives me a little bit of a different motivation than most people have in accomplishing uh, my dreams when it comes to country music and uh you know it's 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 great to have them in my corner and i know that i'm being long-winded but i think it's extremely no, no. important to know that um you know there 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 are a lot of things that can fuel you and uh, as an artist to want to be successful whether it be the big crowds in the stadiums or or whether it be relaying some sort of a message and something that you believe in um the this the fuel that i've got has is, is making me motivated to have all of those things happen, not just, you know, just one particular thing. So, well, you know, certainly, um, for openers, you know, thank you for, for sharing that with the listeners. I know that it is difficult for you to talk about, and I, I appreciate you, um, going into that story. Cause I think it's important for people to hear, you know, first and foremost, as a testimony to, uh, what all of the service people have done for our country, but but also, yes, you know, from the standpoint of the opportunities that we are given in this country, whether it's pursuing music or, or whatever your endeavor is. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, the music business uh, is not very sympathetic. Where I'm going with that is, you know, you do have a great story to tell, um, but... People, unfortunately, in this business are not going to give somebody a break just because of their backstory. And, and, and you know, that's I, – I have to be careful what I say here, but, uh, you know, I, that's, that's sort of one of the problems that I have with the reality shows is that the voters sit at home and watch these shows and they, and they vote with their heart and not with their ears. Um, so, you know, the truth of the matter is at the end of the day, you know, to get a record contract or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in the business – you know, if you're a songwriter, you know, your songs have, the song has to be there. You know, if you're a singer, if you're a guitar player, whatever, you know, that's, that's what they're going to ultimately decide to sign you for. Um, so in your case, you know, it's going to get some people's attention, this story of yours that is motivating you and driving you. But at the end of it, they're still going to say, okay, well, let's hear, let's hear Ryan perform. You know, that's, that's why we're sitting here having this conversation in this, in this scenario that I'm creating, you know, where you're um, face-to-face with a record executive. And, and that is tough, you know, because, because you have been through a lot and, and you've got uh, some motivation that's quite a bit different, you know, from uh, the traditional people who might just be, my motivation is I up and moved to Nashville and left my family behind. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's challenging for some people, but it's entirely different from uh, from where you've come from. Right, right. And I couldn't agree with you more on the uh, on the business side of things. And I think, uh, you know, if we, uh, if, you, if you talk about what, you know, I've been given advice since I've come to Nashville by many, many successful uh, songwriters, artists, and the biggest thing that a lot of folks will tell you as soon as you come into town, if they give you advice that's worth its weight in salt, is that you have to have just as much business knowledge and understanding of the business and how to market yourself as a product as you do passion. And you're right, that backstory is not what is going to get me a record deal. It may be what separates me from someone who is just as talented or more talented than I am, but they see something that is marketable 
you know, because of the substance behind it, which I think is the beauty of country music, it has a lot of substance to it. Absolutely, absolutely. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Ryan Weaver. Check him out online at www.weavercountry.com. Purchase his music on iTunes and Amazon.com. There are links to those right on the homepage of his website. He is also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, so be sure to check him out there and engage with him through those social media sites. Be sure that you're checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and do tell others about it as well. Feel free to use the social media buttons there on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. So, Ryan, um, rolling up our sleeves now to dig into to the music side of, of everything, uh, tell the listeners about Jeffrey Steele and connecting with and, and working with him. When I first came back from, uh, from Iraq and was restationed at Port Rucker, it took me a little bit of time before I decided to go out and be sociable and that, and that kind of stuff. And uh, first, one of the first nights that I went out, I went to a club in Dothan, Alabama, in southeast Alabama, and Jeffrey Steele was playing there, and he played a song called 19. Uh, he said that he had just written the song, and I was bawling like a baby. And, we were, <laughs> and I, it, was, it was crazy because... I mean, the, the, the man's absolutely an amazing songwriter. If anybody doesn't know who he is, I'm sure that you can tell him how many different songs that this guy's written uh, that are just smash hits. But anyway, he uh, a couple months down the line, we had kept in contact with each other. He gave me his cell phone number that night, which was wow. awfully nice of him, and said, if you need any advice, if you need any help, just let me know, because uh, I told him I was starting to get into the country music scene. And... um you know, a few months down the line, uh, a friend of mine reached out to him and said, I got this guy I'm working with. His name is Ryan Weaver. Uh, and she didn't know that he would instantly write back and say, yeah, I know Ryan. And uh, he's interested in the song 19. And, and Jeffrey said, well, sure, he can record 19, no problem. And uh, then I emailed him and he said, uh, I said, do you want me to do these with my tracks or whatever? Recorded in another studio. Long story short, he said, no, what are you doing this weekend? And wow. I was like, nothing and he said well, why don't you come and record it in my studio with me and i said okay <laughs> you, don't turn, you don't turn a man down like yeah, that no. especially when you go into his studio and you see wall a, a wall full of bmi songwriter of the year and platinum records with rascal flats and so on and so on you know it's just crazy so we established a relationship and uh he's produced uh, he produced 19 he produced another song on my website you you can go listen to it on that guy another song called Swamp Thing uh, that he actually played every instrumental track on there and sang harmony vocals. He's pretty, pretty talented and it's a little bit more rock than country, but yeah, so he, he believes in me. And then we just recorded another one of or two of his songs. Um, one's called January. You can find that on the website. And then I released uh, later on new set of tires, which we just, just got done with. So I'm going to nitpick a little bit here because there's people that are listening that are going to go, yeah, but how how did he walk up to Jeffrey Steele and get to a get to a point in a conversation with him where you know it's it's okay to to exchange contact information? So if you would just just reminisce about that conversation that night when you first connected with him, um, you know what what was said that that um, some sort of comfort level was reached that a connection was made that, that he was gracious enough to uh, exchange contact information? Well, I mean, I'll, I will tell you on this one, the story is what, what, what got it, but a friend of mine brought me up into the merchandise line afterwards after the show and said, hey, he, you know, this is my friend Ryan. He's, he's starting out in the country music business, and, you know, he heard your song 19 and, you know, was taken by it and and my friend actually at the time had, you know, told him a little bit about me before I even knew he was talking to him. I see. And then Jeffrey, Jeffrey and I started talking for a little, you know, a little bit. And it was, it's all kind of surreal because I got to be honest with you at the time, um, I didn't know, really know who he was. Uh, <laughs> and, and Which might've been for the better, mind you, you know, had you known yeah, his because credentials. I would have been stammering. <laughs> yeah. I would have been stumbling over my words exactly. and trying to, you know, whatever. And, but, um, and, and then when I, I, I after the show got done with, I went and took a look on the internet and did some research on him. And I was like, Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> I was just at the time. I mean, that he was having hit after hit after hit, you know, in country music at the time. And, and I was oblivious that I was actually singing a lot of his songs 
uh, you know, <laughs> and didn't and didn't know the writer, but sure. I knew the artist. Sure. So, and that also started opening my eyes to the powerful uh, network that Nashville has in songwriting up here. So, okay, so that's a pretty good person to have in your corner. Yet your first single got to national radio and on national television without you having a booking agent, a record label, or management. All the aspiring singer-songwriters listening to this podcast are leaning in real close to their speakers now to hear you tell how you did that. Well, the coolest thing about Crank It, the song that, that you know, that I, I is my first single. It's also my first music video. I, it was the first song I ever wrote in Nashville, too, which was really cool because I got to come up here and I wrote a lot of songs afterwards, but that just happened to be the very first song that we wrote. But uh, what a lot of folks getting into the music business don't realize, and, and I'm going to probably say something that may not be as politically correct as it can be, <laughs> but if you have real artists that are out there listening, they want to hear the scoop. What it really boils down to is how much money you have and who you know. That's really what it boils down to. You can come into Nashville with a, with all the passion in the world, but if you are not understanding of the music business and who to get connected with in the music business and being able to come in with some funding, the, the, the music business has changed so significantly now that you have to come in with some kind of funding to be able to make yourself a little bit more appealing uh to the music uh, to the, the record labels it's just i mean ask anybody that's up here in nashville they'll tell you the same thing but all that aside yes you do have to have talent you do have to be able to uh you know have a product to give to these people and it not be a bad product but with crank it i i got fan funded uh to be able to get the video done i got fan funded to do the video promotion um i actually reached out to my fans and they believed in me and, and supported me and helped do, we didn't do, a, we tried to do a crowdfunding thing and that didn't really work out. So I just reached out to him and said, Hey, I can't do this without you. Do you guys want to see this? And they said, yes. And, and that, that support is what really got video out there. And then the song that took a little bit more, um, an investment, uh, someone coming on board to help me out, uh, on the investment side of it. And, it, and as you can see, Bruce, when I'm talking, I keep going back to the business side of yep, things. Yep. I'm not saying anything about how passionate I am, yeah. but I will say this. I worked my fingers to the bone. I sweated till you, I couldn't sweat anymore. I cried till I couldn't cry anymore. And if I, if I you know, could say I bled till I couldn't bleed anymore, I would, but I didn't. <laughs> but you, you really have to put the time, effort, and in, in that passion into the knowledge of business and put them together to be able to make things happen for you. Yeah, and and I and I'm you know I'm right there with you because you know I truly believe as well uh, that that you can have you know mountains of talent, uh, but if your if your drive isn't there, if you're just rather lackadaisical about it, if you just kind of want to do this part time and you know kind of put it on autopilot and just kind of see what happens. You know, I don't. I don't care how good of a songwriter you are, how great your voice is, how great a guitar player you are. It, it's just not going to happen. And, and people like yourself, you know, that are willing to just go through the wall uh, and work morning, noon, and night, seven days a week. You know, that that's why you end up having the results that that you have had so far. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't agree with you once again, and more more than what, with you saying that the. The biggest thing I think that separates a lot of artists and being able to, or, or musicians or whatever it is, is the drive to be able to do that. And I think that I got that from the military. I think that having the discipline, I mean, I can't tell you how many people along the way that I've run into who had so much potential to be successful were incredibly talented in the discipline and the drive to be able to get there. Uh, it to, to go to the next level just wasn't there. Yep. And you're looking at them and you're thinking, oh, if I could have that talent, it would be amazing. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's Bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is to work on stage presence. Don't just get up there, sit down, sing your songs, and leave. Yawn. Boring. What if there was a music industry exec in the crowd? Aha! What if there's someone with deep pockets there? How about the fact that you might have a paying audience who is expecting some entertainment? 
It doesn't have to be an over-the-top production with dancers and lights, but move around, make eye contact with the crowd, film the gig just to study what you look like on stage, or hire Now Hear This to do all that. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. You do have great drive and you have great talent, but there's still tons of competition out there, especially in Nashville. What did you find to be your biggest obstacle as you were trying to get that first song out there? Um, uh, I think that the biggest obstacle, once again, was the funding in itself. And, and what a lot of folks don't realize, and I hate to just go like it's, it's, it's back to money, because we ended up, I ended up having a pretty good product, or started off with a pretty good product in the song. Uh, having Jeffrey Stills, I've recorded several of his songs, so we've got quality originals otherwise as well. Um, but getting that funding, it, it, it's a lot more, it takes a lot more influencing and by different means of showing how talented you are going out there and having the wherewithal to work through it. Uh, you know, talking to people and constantly networking with folks and, and showing them that you're, if, if they're going to put some money behind you, that, that you, 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 that you're not just there for the short haul, that this is something that you're really, you really mean to do and that you're, you're, you're really willing to work for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I believe I believe it was last week on the podcast, uh, the Bruce's bonus segment um, was that I, I suggested to people that, that you not badmouth people um, because, oh, no. you know, you'll be seen as a gossip. And in this day and age of social media, you know, it, it, bad news travels fast. And, and so you're right. You know, my, my attitude has always been that you can never have too many contacts. Um, you, you never know who might know who. And, and as a result, you never know who might know who. And that's why you don't want to badmouth people. Um, but, you know, you, you've done it the right way. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to uh, breach any confidentiality here if you're not comfortable talking about it. But I know that a lot of people are aware that, you know, yeah, if I could just find an investor, dot, dot, dot. And then, you know, people say, where do these people find these investors? So you mentioned that your fans did step up for you, but you also mentioned, you know, trying to get an investor. Um, again, to the extent that you're comfortable talking about it, um, how did you find an investor? Uh, what what advice do you have for people that are looking for people to, uh, you know, give them some funding for their next recording project? Well, I mean, I can tell you a couple things. Uh, first, first thing, you hear stories up here in Nashville all the time about uh, an artist being out playing someplace and running into somebody uh, that loved their music, that wanted to be involved uh, in what they were doing, uh, felt, found that the music industry was exciting. They had some money that, that they were willing to spend or invest in, in, in that artist. And that is what skyrocketed them to the next level. I mean, there, you, you hear stories about that all the time. Most of the artists, once again, come into town, they have some kind of a financial investor, some kind of a backer behind them to, to help them. Because a lot of folks don't realize how much money you have to spend just to be able to get there. If, if you're, ex- it's funny because I'll do shows and people will think that I have all this, that, that I'm rich. Yeah. You know? Look at any artist that's not on a record label up in Nashville, and you probably are, you know, going to talk to them about their day job yep. and what they do in the music yeah. business. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to have that. But, but as far as finding investors are concerned, the the best advice that I can say is develop your live show and get out there and perform and network every single time that you're out there and focus on what avenue you want to take if you want to become a singer songwriter and get or a singer excuse me a songwriter and, and get your songs cut and you get into the songwriting network if you want to become an artist and you know that you want to become an artist know that it's going to take money so you need to focus on all of the different things to include a business plan and those kind of things for investment on what what an investor might be interested. I mean, as soon as you get that investor interested, they're going to want to know. Okay, so where am I going to get my money back? Yeah, what's in you know, how that work? Yep. You know what? And, but then again, I, I will also say that most investors are not going to come on board with an artist because it's extremely high risk. It's the music business. They're not going to want to come on board if they're also not a believer in you. So establishing relationships. So there, that, that, that's it right there. I will say that the best way to get an investor is to establish relationships with people, um, not based off of the money that they have, but true relationships with people to where they're going to believe in you um, and want to be part of the dream that you're chasing. That's probably the best 
and it takes time. It just it takes time. Absolutely. And and uh, just the last question on, on this subject before we move on, and, and again, I'm trying to keep this as broad and, and anonymous as possible, but did somebody simply approach you, a, a, a quote-unquote stranger, or, or was it, say, a, a family or friend um, that, that decided to help out and invest a little bit? Um, it was, uh, you know, it's a, it was somebody that I knew and I've established a friendship with that person and they, um, it, it, it was kind of something that just came up in conversation because quite honestly, I'm, I'm from my upbringing, where I come from, it, it's extremely difficult for me to ask, let me tell you something. There is nothing like having to constantly be in a, st- uh, a state of self-promotion and in, in trying to sell yourself to people because that's what you have to do. It's no different than marketing a product out to the, you know, the nation. You've got to do the same thing. Well, the toughest thing in a lot of circumstances is um, having a conversation with somebody that's not based around money when you know that that's what you need, but establishing a genuine friendship or establishing a genuine business relationship with that person to where they get to see who you are. So it really, the, the conversation came up about what I needed or what it takes to be able to get to the next level. And, you know, then, then the conversation evolved into more than that and, and eventually ended up in a, an, an investment into my company. Very good, very good. Um, we've we've talked just briefly, but uh, you have also been doing well in terms of video. As a matter of fact, the Crank It video has over 18,500 views on YouTube, in addition to the accolades that I had mentioned about it in the intro, as far as uh, great exposure that that, uh, that video has gotten. I've been extremely happy with uh, the things that I've got to do since the video came out. We kind of did things a little bit backwards. We actually did the music video first uh, and then did the song promotion, the radio. Um, normally, you'll hear a song out on the radio and then y- you see the video go with it. But what I really wanted to do as an artist, my, my live show is what I feel sells me more than anything else. And you get to see who I am. And it's a high-energy, rocking, fun show. Uh, I love performing live. And I needed a product that was going to, I mean, the song was cool. Song's rocking. Sounds, sounds great. Everybody was liking it. They were digging it. Everybody was sending it to, but I wanted to have something that I could get to venues and I could get to festival, you know, those, those different kind of things. So I could get out there and play live uh, to show them what kind of an artist I was. The greatest thing is I got involved with Aristo Media, uh, up here in Nashville and they're a, um, uh, you know, they're, they're known for being one of the promoters for Florida Georgia Lions Cruise, the song, single that was out there, uh, or that's out there, number one country music single, I think, of all time. So now, uh, I think, I mean, just incredible accolades with that song. Um, and, uh, they, they love the video and the, the folks there, um, got it out to the networks, uh, and it, it had some really, really good success. The folks at TNN at the time, now turned Heartland Network, really liked the video. Got a lot of airtime with it on the third shift and in their top ten countdowns. And Zeus Country picked it up as well. And they're they're unfortunately not. And my primary fan base is down in Central Florida and and is growing, but it was primarily in Central Florida. Zeus Country wasn't down there, but it was playing all over the nation elsewhere, which I thought was awesome. And then they brought me in to actually host a. Um, it's called from the uh, from the couch or on the rise episode where I was a video jockey for an hour long episode being an independent artist to be on national television introducing all these cool videos you know from Taylor Swift and Tim McGraw and <laughs> and all these folks that are you know at the top of the charts right now and then crank it's right in between them all it's it, it's neat to see that kind of stuff happen so yeah, absolutely. yeah I've, I've been extremely happy with the video success and is there uh, a, a new video in the works at all are there are there plans to do uh, one for another Another song soon. We have a new set of tires that we just released, and we've already got a video concept down. But once again, you go back to the drawing board when it comes to funding. Yep. And the song is great. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. happened to win the. You know, he's won two this year after a long hiatus from winning, uh, doing well but not winning, and he's won two this year. And the song talks about Dale Earnhardt Jr. and those kind of things. You think about, you know, can we pick up with that steam and get a video out there? You know, that, that that's gonna, you know, kind of follow in with that. You know, to make it successful, those kind of things you have to think about when we're doing the video. But yeah, it's it's all about funding now. And uh, we'd, we'd love to be able to get the funding for it and, um, and get the video out on national television as well. And I think that this song is a great follow-up. It's got two hit songwriters on it with Jeffrey Steele and Bob DePiro. 
and Bobby Pierce is another huge one in town. But um, great song, and uh, I think that the video concept that we got would, would be a great follow-up to Crank It. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Ryan Weaver. Check him out online at www.weavercountry.com. Purchase his music on iTunes and Amazon.com. There are links to those right on the homepage of his website. He is also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, so be sure to check him out there and engage with him through those social media sites. Be sure that you're checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast, and please do tell others about it as well. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or to become a Twitter follower. Uh, Ryan, you are involved in a number of charitable efforts. First, I'd like you to talk about both the American Cancer Society and Heroes of the Stage, uh, because uh, listeners, you will see links to each of those uh, when you visit uh, the homepage of Ryan's website. Um, I've been a huge supporter of uh, the American Cancer Society and and other cancer-fighting organizations since my brother Aaron was diagnosed uh, with uh, cancer, and he was actually a cancer survivor, had a waiver before he was deployed to Iraq. Uh, he uh, was actually non-deployable and, uh, and wanted to uh, go over there and serve. So um, I've always been a huge supporter. And the American Cancer Society, specifically down in Tampa, um, was I, I got to be their, their entertainment for three other cattle barons balls, and those are great uh, events where they raise... Uh, you know, really, really, really good money for to, uh, in the fight yeah, against are, cancer. Those are and, real big events down here. Yeah, they're. I, I mean, I they moved over to the Tampa Times Forum, and, and now they're bringing in national acts that uh, are established on the radio, which is great because that means that the the galas are getting even even larger, and you know, it's just more money in the fight against cancer, and and I think it's just an awesome thing. But yeah, I've always been a huge supporter for the American Cancer Society, and. Uh, you know, I always will be. It's just one of those things that's ingrained in me. But um, as far as Heroes of the Stage is concerned, there's a book uh, that a, a fer- fellow service member, former Marine, I say former Marine, I'm not supposed to say former Marine, a Marine <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, wrote, and um, he, uh, it, it was kind of cool because he did a chapter on the Army, he did a chapter, or chapters on each one of the services, and um and I am in the same chapter with George Strait and Craig Morgan, and I mean wow. uh, all these these arm these yeah these military veterans that are country music artists now. And uh, I was uh, able to be part of that book, which was up in the Country Music Hall of Fame bookshelves, and it is pretty exciting to be to to be in the same you know, considered in the same crowd as a country music artist, formal military. So. And how? Uh, and then there's also Sand Soldiers of America and also the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Talk about those as well. The Sand Soldiers of America is out of Tampa or the Tampa area. And in the last couple of years, they've, they've invited me out to a few of their events. And the people there are just amazing at what they do. And they're more of a, a local uh, organization that sends out care packages to military service members and uh, I am extremely excited to be involved with them and anything that they have to do because I know when I was deployed myself it was awesome to be able to get care packages from folks and uh, and they're, they're great at doing that. Not only do they do that, they, they take care of military service members when they come back in times of need and uh, just, it, it's, it's one of those organizations that as I've gotten to work more and more with them, I found out so many more things that they do, and they just keep doing more and more. So I'm extremely proud to be involved with them. And the Lymphoma Society as well. Uh, I started really getting involved with them up here in Nashville once I got up here because I found out all the amazing things that they're doing. And they have uh, huge events up here in Nashville to raise funds for the fight against leukemia and lymphoma. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm once again, anything that can fight against cancer, I want to be involved in. Uh, just because it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, just a couple final questions, Ryan. Uh, you've done fairs, festivals, clubs, 
uh, here in the southeast U.S. Is that kind of your target area right now uh, or, or region, I guess it might be a better word, or, or are you shooting for big events regardless of the location? What kind of approach are you taking? Well, I, I believe that every artist, when they get started, has to find you know uh, a fan or build their fan base where they where they are. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you can't reach out to the nation right away. So, most of my fan base, I'm originally from Central Florida, uh, although I haven't lived actually lived in Central Florida since high school. Uh, most of my fan base was there and uh, or is there. But we started branching out once I got uh, up here to Nashville a couple of years back. We started branching out to all over the nation and any venues, you know, concert venues that we can play in. Um, obviously, we want to get out to those venues. The song was has been playing, Crank It has been playing all over the nation and the video has been all over the nation. So we've gotten, I mean, my fan base is, is incrementally increased, uh, you know, as we've started to reach out a little bit further than just in the southeast region and out of all those that you have been able to do so far is is there something uh i don't want to put words in your mouth perhaps cma fest last week is is there something that stands out as as your favorite show that you've done Whew, that's a good one uh, you know a cool, um, a cool event a cool venue um or, or just a show got, maybe that I, stands out for a different reason yeah, I've I've gotten to do a lot of uh, a lot of really cool concerts. I, I I would say, but the the craziest thing is 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 the very first person that I ever opened up for as a national act was George Jones, wow. and to be able to say that that was my first national act, and and I actually got to be his opening act through a singing competition, not while I was an artist, but it's still it was still my first opening. And um, I, I could say that memory-wise, to be able to say that I've done that uh, or that I did that, and, uh, that that was was absolutely amazing. And then I, I will also say that CMA Fest was June 7th. It was Aaron's birthday. Um, to be able to perform at my first CMA Fest concert, official-affiliated CMA Fest concert, after the number of years of playing in the clubs and, and those things and paying my dues, it was it was pretty awesome to get up there and, and celebrate that on his birthday. Yeah, I was going to say very fitting. Uh, certainly, he was he was definitely your angel uh, that that I'm sure you know was part of of that opportunity manifesting itself. Uh, I should ask you because I did mention in the intro that you've opened for, and you just said George Jones, but other names that I mentioned were Blake Shelton, Craig Morgan, Montgomery Gentry, Trace Adkins, and uh, trying to to read the minds of the listeners that are the up-and-comers, they're they're probably thinking, you know, ask him how he got to open for those people. (laughs) Once again, it's establishing relationships with with folks, and, um, you know, the uh, figuring out how to get booked at those kind of shows, there's, you know, it's a... Uh, there, there's a lot. There are a lot of politics involved in that kind of stuff. But I mean, establishing the relationships with the people that that book the shows or that are promoting the shows. Uh, once again, go back to the two pieces of advice: how much money you have and who you know. Yeah. Um, I got to open up for those acts because of the relationships that I established. Um, you know, over time uh, to be able to get in those venues. But I will say this: regardless of of the relationship that I had with those having a decent show <laughs> to be able to present, you know, before a national act is kind of important. Yeah. Yeah. So I course. would say hone your, hone your live, you know, live show skills to be able to uh, make sure you have a product that they want to see. Yeah, of course. And, and listeners, uh, you know, full disclosure, you know, Ryan and I, we, we did not script this conversation. It's not rehearsed. I'm, I'm just thrilled uh, to hear you saying Ryan giving testimony you know, to, to what unfortunately is the harsh reality of the business out there because, again, it goes back to the conversation that we had earlier in the podcast that, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, um, but if you're just somebody who's just pitching themselves and saying, I'd love to open for insert artists here because I'm really good, you know, or because I have a really good stage show, they're going to say, well, 
Yeah, you and 999 other people that are contacting me, right. you know, what, what sets you apart. So if you do have that inside track, uh, you know, whether it's whether it's financial or, or unfortunately, in, in a lot of cases, uh, the personal connections, you know, or, or someone working on your behalf that says, hey, I've got an in uh, with Montgomery Gentry's people, you know, I think we can get you, you know, an, an opening slot. Um, that, listeners, unfortunately, is, is probably what's going to really work heavily in your favor, more so than because I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I, w- I would say that 100% of the time it's going to work more in your favor because cause it's, uh, it's always easy. I mean, your, your opinion of yourself should be biased. I mean, if you don't believe in yourself and think that you're the next thing, you know, the best thing since pockets, um, you know, if you don't believe that in yourself, you're going to fail anyway. But it's an extremely difficult sell to somebody who doesn't know you unless you've established a relationship with them or you have proven yourself otherwise. Yeah. Um, lastly, Ryan, you, you did touch upon it a little bit more um, earlier, but uh, just the opportunity in case there's anything further that you want to say about uh, we're, we're going to end the podcast with uh, playing in its entirety the song New Set of Tires. So um, if you want to either just kind of retell that story or, or add anything additional, i um, love to hear you to talk about that song right now to the listeners as, as we get ready to close out and play that for them. I'm going to go into, uh, I say, pimp myself mode here or <laughs> self-emotion mode. If they listen to the song and they would love to see the video go out to national television, the song go out to national television, and they, if anybody's listening to the, you know, the podcast today and they want to be involved in what we got going on, I have, if you watch Crank It, you'll see the video was at quality of, of any national video that's out there. We would love to have somebody come on board to help us get that out there. Um, you know, what, in, in whatever fashion we can, we can organize, but, um, the song is great. I think that it's right. If you see my live show, it was actually picked by my live show because it was the response that we were getting from the crowd. When you have a song that no one's ever heard before and they're dancing to it and singing along with it, uh, that's a true indicator as to whether you should cut that song or not. And, um, so it's a great song, great tune. It's out on iTunes and out on Amazon, any, any kind of outlet if you want to download it. And uh, feel free to contact me at Facebook uh, or at my webs- uh, on my website at ryan at weavercountry.com to, uh, to discuss. Maybe we can get out to the nation here pretty soon. And is it safe to assume that you're a NASCAR fan or more specifically a Dale Jr. fan? Um, I have become a Dale Jr. fan. Uh, i got to be honest with you, I have seen one NASCAR race, or I had seen one NASCAR race, to its entirety, and it just happened to be the one where Dale Sr. crashed. I had not wow. watched the NASCAR race before that. Wow. It just happened to be the one where Dale, Dale Sr. crashed, and I've, I've become a fan since then because we've we've got, I mean, the, the country music connection, because I wasn't doing the country music before, obviously, but the country music connection with NASCAR is pretty strong, and you don't realize what, what I, I didn't realize what kind of a cool world it was until I started getting <laughs> involved in country music, so absolutely. Yeah, despite the fact that that you grew up uh, not too far from Daytona, <laughs> yeah, right across the way. But I, I will tell you, it's a little bit difficult to get, when you're uh, when when you're when you're playing out in the driveway and in, in, in the dirt with your 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 hot your Hot Wheels toys as your primary entertainment, or, or playing baseball out in the yard, that kind of stuff. Uh, getting over to to do a NASCAR race was a little bit out of question. At the yeah, time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, Ryan, uh, really enjoyed talking to you today. Thanks so much for for making the time for this. I cannot thank you enough for having me out there, and you guys, welcome to Weaver Country. Beautiful. I would like to close by formally thanking my guest, singer-songwriter Ryan Weaver. Again, check him out at www.weavercountry.com. Purchase his music on iTunes and Amazon.com using the links on his website homepage. Be sure to like his Facebook page, watch his videos on YouTube, follow him on Twitter, on Instagram. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Hey, give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, maybe even a five-star rating along with that. That would really help quite a bit. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www. Dot cbpro.net that's cb as in crystal blue thanks for listening we'll send you out today with another song from ryan weaver this is the one he just talked about it's called new set of tires
she knows I'm a certified mechanic If it's broke I can fix it in a minute Got boxes full of wrenches A background building engines And my name on a dirty shirt So I said Where'd you get those new Pirellis? And she said What you mean by new Pirellis? Why you getting so defensive? I was just out with my girlfriends For a sale at the mall and a hairdo Thought I'd drop a car off for a tune-up So what? I said, baby, I ain't calling you a liar But girl, just don't go get a new set of tires Me. In new clothes, shoes and shiny jewelry With a box of chocolate candies And a big bouquet of daisies And I wouldn't even blink But uh-uh, there ain't no sneaking around it If it rolls, I know everything about it I've been up and underneath it I can eat and drink and sleep it Baby, cause of my life you might soap it up and wash it in the drive, honey But a girl just don't go get a new set of tires Don't go get a new set of tires. 